Welcome to Are We There Yet? Market Scale's online video podcast series that explores the most exciting things happening in the world of transportation and mobility. My name is Grant Harrell and as your host, I enjoy the opportunity to speak with leaders within transportation, truly learning about what's at the cutting edge of technology today. And I'm really excited today. There's so much happening within this electrification revolution that we're seeing within all of transportation, but especially within automotive. And so I'm really excited for the chance today to learn about really what's happening within this electrification movement within automotive. We all hear so much within media and from the manufacturers and leaders within the industry. And, and I can say that it's a little bit hard to kind of separate fact from fiction. And so I have an individual uh, here today that's kind enough to take the time to talk that I think is going to help us really make sense of that and really learn about really what's happening within this electrification movement within automotive. And so here today to speak with us about that is Dr. Veronica Wright. Um, and uh, really excited to, uh, to have the chance to speak today and learn a little bit more about the company and her and to share some insights with us. So Veronica, hello and welcome to Are We There Yet? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to talk to you today. Well, thank you so much. Well, I've become a big fan of Electrified Veronica, I must admit, and uh, just really appreciate you taking the time to talk. And, and and I'll share, Veronica, my introduction to you. I was checking out some stuff on, on YouTube, and uh, it must know that I'm interested within this electrification revolution and that I'm also really interested in Jeeps. I've had a few Jeeps myself, and so uh, one of your videos came up where you were electrifying a 1999 Jeep Wrangler, and I couldn't believe it, and I've been <laughs> just a big fan uh, ever since then. So really, really cool to, to see that. And so um, appreciate you taking some time to, to stop by and talk. And so um, I'd love to learn, you know, a, a little bit more um, about you and, and about the organization and really excited to uh, to ask you some questions about stuff that's happening in the industry. Um, but I must share first a little bit for the audience members that, that aren't familiar with you. Dr. Veronica Wright, um, you are the owner of the social enterprise Electrified Veronica. And it's tough for me to just kind of uh, summarize everything that you do because you do so much. You, you're a content creator. You're an author, a, a published author of an incredible book, The Drive to Electric. Um, you're an electrification consultant. You have a PhD in technical physics. Um, you're an incredible public speaker. And so you're, you're involved in, in so many different exciting areas. And so I'd love to just ask um, today, recently, um, would you mind telling us a little bit uh, more about what you're up to? What are, what are some of the projects that you're working on? Absolutely. You know, even for me, it's a little bit hard to tell everybody what I'm doing. <laughs> I yeah. think I'm getting bored very quick, so I always need to do something new. That's at least something that my former employer told me. <laughs> yes, yes, I can relate to that. I want to do something new, so, but yeah. it's very exciting. And yeah, two years ago, I started this journey as Electrified Veronica, short EV. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, when I moved to the U.S., so originally I'm from Austria. I grew up just 20 minutes apart where Arnold Schwarzenegger grew up. Wow. Uh, although I don't have this very, very strong accent, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, two years ago, I moved to the U.S. here in Wisconsin and started Electrified Veronica. And since then, I am consulting in the electric vehicle and battery area. And then also maintaining lots and lots of social media activities. Yeah. So sharing projects that we're working on, such as you mentioned, electrifying. A 99 Jeep Wrangler from combustion engine to all electric, all doing this in our garage. Yeah. 
Wow. And yeah, it's it's quite fun. Also, you know, we since we moved here, we got electric cars, we put solar on our roof. So we are really trying to walk the walk and see, hey, does this work for us? Um, where are the limitations? Uh, where are the opportunities? Definitely, definitely. I, I love that you chose a 1999 uh, Jeep Wrangler. Um, I, I love the Wranglers. I especially love kind of that generation. What, why'd you pick a 1999 Jeep Wrangler to electrify? You might be a little bit surprised, yep. but this is me going back now to Austria, growing up and watching the TV show Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And in this show, they have this Jeep, a 1990 Wrangler in the Sahara color. And I just love the show. And for me, it was always like, oh, yeah, this is how how American people live. Yeah. And I, I just love it. And then I came here and never even had a car before. In Europe, if, mm -hmm. you know, in my hometown, you would use public transportation. You wouldn't really need a car. But when I moved to the U.S., I realized, okay, distances are a little bit larger. You really need a car here. There was no electric car that I liked. So I thought I actually, we were, we were working with my husband on a car. And I was like, hey, do you think we can electrify a, a Jeep? He's like, sure. <laughs> and, yeah. So wow. then uh, we did a LinkedIn post, actually, and we said, hey, we're looking for a 1990 Wrangler. Anybody knows of anybody um, who wants to sell it? And a couple months later, we got the Jeep and we started the journey, you know, and it's quite exciting because nobody has really done this before. You can't like Google it or look it up. And yeah. so we really tried to figure out everything by ourselves. Very cool. Well, thank God for the Gilmore Girls and for using a Sahara-colored uh, 1999 Jeep Wrangler within the series so that we could benefit uh, now in, in 2023 from getting to watch you uh, electrify the Jeep Wrangler. Um, that, that's incredible. And, and Jeep has such an amazing community. As, as I shared, I'm a big fan of, of Jeep. I've, I've owned a few Jeeps. I, I have a 97 uh, Jeep Cherokee myself that, that I've had for 20 years and and i love it and and one thing that that i enjoy about it is that jeep has has a community have you seen that as you selected the jeep wrangler to electrify i'm, I'm sure you've piqued some interest within the jeep community about about what you're doing absolutely you know i didn't grow up with anything like this jeep mentality yeah i i didn't do it for the jeep brand but mm -hmm. as soon as i went out there and shared the project I started getting part of this community and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, again, like we started this two years ago and I was expecting people, um, maybe not all of them, you know, it's quite a polarizing topic, especially for the Jeep community, yeah. you know, Jeep as a brand, um, it's all about, you know, going off road and, you know, engine sounds and being free and the, the spirit. So Definitely, we had some pushback in the beginning, but people then realized, okay, we're doing it the right way from a technical perspective. Yeah. We're really keeping the original functionality, like the selectable two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. We kept the stock transfer case. So then after all, we really got a huge appreciation from, from the Jeep community. So it's, it's really nice to see. Yeah. 
I, I love to hear that. And, and you did that. I think you kind of kept, you know, what was best and kind of capabilities of the Jeep Wrangler that people love so much, but uh, have improved it, you know, with electrifying it. So this is, is kind of like the best Jeep ever now. So, you know, that, that really makes me think, too. I, I find it really interesting that you chose the Wrangler um, because it does have, you know, that that community. And it's kind of different than than what one might think of the typical, you know, EV community. Um, Jeep wouldn't necessarily, you know, come to mind. Um, and so uh, it's interesting to me. Do, do you find that, you know, that maybe you can't just kind of typecast, you know, EV owners, the type of people that are going, you know, electric um, right now, um, it doesn't kind of fit into that mold that one might think that maybe it's a little bit more, you know, broad to that and electrification has application into all sorts of different communities like like Jeep owners, for example. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, I couldn't have picked a worse vehicle to electrify. Mm. I think about aerodynamics, efficiency, space, where to yeah. put batteries. Um, it is really one of the worst cars to make electric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but the fact that we could do it also shows that it's possible. Um, and yeah, if we if we think about the EV mentality, um, like two years ago, I would say if you talk about electric vehicles, it's mainly Tesla, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the Tesla community also is has their own spirit, I would yeah. say, and maybe different motivation than people that are, um, that, that like Jeeps. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, I'm surprised there is more and more people very open-minded towards in the Jeep community towards yeah. electrification and seeing the benefits. And, you know, I, I'm getting like one or two requests almost every week of people sending me their pictures of their Jeeps and saying, Hey, I want to do the same. And they're seeing certain benefits to it. Yeah. And they want to keep their Jeeps alive. Mm -hmm. You know, we see it worldwide that, Everybody is transitioning to EVs, and at some point, we don't know if it will happen in the U.S. in all areas and when it will happen, but they start talking about banning IC cars. And so many people are thinking, okay, I can maintain my car. I can keep um, this cheap by electrifying it. Yes. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I love what Jeep is doing with some of the newer models and electric options um, that that uh, are becoming available on on some of the newer models, the, the Wrangler in particular. But I think this idea of being able to keep that '99 Jeep or my '97 Cherokee, you know, forever and maybe electrify it um, is is really really cool. So I love that. And, and and beyond just all of that, I think it's such an incredible demonstration um, of, of of your capabilities and your knowledge. Um, and, and it's amazing, you know, some of those videos where you're you know in kind of the engine compartment and working on the design, you know, of the battery and integrating all the different technologies within it is is amazing. So, so Veronica, I mean, you're you're incredible to be, you know, in there um, and and doing it yourself. It's 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 really really amazing. So I, I would say we took it a little bit to the extreme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a battery person, so that's my background, yeah. and so we decided to also build our own batteries. So, you know, we have seen other conversions, not cheap, with other brands, and people would mostly use um, Tesla modules to yep. do those conversions. But in our case, since I'm also a huge fan of circular economy and I wanted to investigate, hey, is it actual, 
actually possible to reuse batteries from from another EV and give them a second life. So not only give a second life to the Jeep itself, but also using used batteries. And so this is what we did. We actually used batteries from a Mustang Mach-E, from a crashed one, but the batteries are still good, but they're a little bit older, but that's okay for us. And so we took those batteries out of the car, out of the Ford Mustang Mach-E, we disassembled them into the cell level, and then really built our own batteries and the own thermal management system. So that's quite yeah. fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. And 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 the audience in the community uh, agrees. I've seen some comments on your videos that just you've, you've got individuals out there just binge watching the series and and all of the content you produce because you've you, you've got us hooked um, and it's it's amazing to watch and I think uh, you know to your point and and I think to, to really just give you credit in terms of what's involved you know in the Wrangler electrification I mean you're talking as you shared you know reusing um, uh, products and 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 uh, technologies you know from other vehicles and you know battery redesign and you know front battery uh, assembly and then you're in there cleaning and spraying and upgrading and working on acceleration and the braking and the steering and the motoring and, and and the wiring i mean it's just it's it's amazing you know what you're doing so that's a lot of fun to watch and um i can imagine that that in and of itself um would be for many uh, a full-time job uh you know just in there working uh, with the jeep but for you, um, it's not. It's just, you know, one of, of the many projects that you have going on right now. And so, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of the incredible things that you're doing um, on social media and within thought leadership. And um, I'd love to learn a little bit more. In addition to that, you have a really successful consulting practice. And within your practice, you're helping companies, you know, get into EV and get into the battery space. And um, you're working on projects, you know, with, um, you know, pre-owned EV vehicle sales, you know, for example, and so have a lot of really exciting things going on within your consulting practice. Would you mind maybe just, you know, touching on a, a little bit of, of some of the focus areas or even current projects within the consulting practice um, that, that you're working on and some of the capabilities that, that you offer within that arm of the business? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, since two years now, so before I started my own adventure, I worked um, for a company called AVL with their headquarters in Austria. And I started there really on the automotive group and the battery team and started building up my expertise, working internationally with lots of customers, really from car makers to battery manufacturers to recycling companies. And that was a lot of fun, developed my passion for that area and then went ahead and decided to do it on my own. And so for two years now, I'm working with different companies. I would say like, you know, really, if you think about circular economy, you know, that starts where do raw materials come from to make the batteries, you know, like nickel, manganese, cobalt, all those, how do we extract them? Then building the batteries, integrating the batteries into the cars, reusing the batteries for a second life until recycling. And so, um, I have touched a lot of those areas in my career. And so the consulting projects that I do are with different stakeholders along this circular economy picture. And turns out that there is a lot of companies, um, either service providers or technology 
companies, startups, you know, they have a certain technology. Maybe they used it previously in other areas, of course, internal combustion engine areas and so on. And now they want to get into the EV and battery space. Mm -hmm. So I work a lot with companies to assess their technology and see um, where can we use it in the battery and EV space, Um, doing product market fits, assessing their technology, um, making the fit with with what the market needs, um, setting up roadmaps, strategic roadmaps for them. So it's it's quite a lot of fun. And yeah, yeah one of the projects I, I am very passionate about, you know, the life cycle of batteries and aging of batteries is very, very important for electric cars. You know, when you have a new electric car, you have what we call a 100% state of health and this 100% range, which is, you know, an average of 300 miles. And then once we drive electric cars, batteries are losing a certain capacity and are also losing the range. And it's surprising, but there is no standardization yet out there to define what is what is the battery health after a couple of years? And this directly turns into what is the value of a, of a used electric car? And so I worked with a couple of companies now to kind of um, develop technologies or, or services they can offer to people that want to sell their EVs um, to assess the the health of the of the battery, the value of the electric car. We're talking about um, health certificates that you can get, um, so you can sell your EVs. Wow, wow, that's fascinating, and 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 what a need for that because I mean the time is now where we're starting to see some of these vehicles that were purchased new, you know, maybe just a few years ago um, that are 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 becoming available on the, the pre-owned vehicle market. And a lot of these these dealers, for example, they just really aren't equipped um, to take those vehicles in on, on trade in terms of really, you know, having a, an accurate value. And so I think the idea of kind of a certification program, kind of a, a health status, you know, on the vehicles um, is is very much needed, you know, within the industry. So I'm really excited to hear that that's a, a project that, that you're working on um, right now. You know, kind of within that and talking about just kind of, you know, the the need for more education within the market and, you know, within pre-owned EVs, for example, um, you know, we, we hear a lot in in the media and it's it's hard to know. You know, as I kind of alluded to, what what's fact or or, or what's fiction? Um, you know, as you shared in terms of what's a vehicle really worth, a, a pre-owned EV. You know, what's um, the, the the stability? What's what's the health of it after a, a few years? Um, and and even things you know, right now we hear a lot of messaging in terms of you know the battery fires you know associated with with electric vehicles and just kind of the um, you know current status of, of battery technology and are are we moving towards some sort of big you know kind of breakthrough within battery technology? So I. I'd love to separate, you know, some of kind of the fact from fiction. And so one thing I'm curious about is, um, you know, this issue of, of EV uh, fires um, and, and just how, how much of an issue that that really is. Would you mind maybe just, just commenting on that and maybe educating us a little bit about, you know, the, the risk of, of, of fires, you know, associated with batteries within, you know, EVs, or maybe just tell us a little bit about really, really what's going on with that right now within the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, I think one of my main motivation why I'm sharing so much on social media is like you said, to help um, figure out what is 
what is fact and what is fiction because these batteries it's such a hot topic we see articles everywhere and there's such a hype for it and i see a lot of wrong really just wrong media articles out there and that's a pity and then you know it is shared on tiktok and it goes viral and there is an ex-ev battery fire but actually if you look at it it's not even an electric car Mm -hmm. so unfortunately Mm -hmm. there is a lot of misinformation out there For whatever reason, but yeah. I try a lot to demystify this. And yeah. you know, um, the, the the thing with electric car fires, um, if you look a little bit into statistics, and of course, right now we don't have so many EVs on the road as combustion engine cars. But if you really do the maths, the probability for an electric car to catch fire is very very low. So I don't know if you maybe have seen, like I think now a year ago, there was a huge recall of Hyundai. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of an EV fire risk. So mm-hmm. they they really recalled like, um, I think 60,000 vehicles um, because like five had a fire. So if you really take it down to a probability for a single cell, a battery cell to go into an EV fire, then it's like 0.0006%. So it's very rare to happen. But when it happens and we come back to to probably people not educated well enough. Um, A lot of like even fire departments, they don't know how to react yet. Mm. Um, There is a lot of research right now. What is the best thing to do when there is a fire? Um, And I also offer courses for that. So because I have investigated that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's options from just letting it burn down to putting water on it. But actually, if you put water on it, it's like... um, if you have a, an, an, an EV battery pack, it consists of several cells. Like it can be 100, 200, 300 individual cells. And how an EV fire starts is one single cell goes into what we call a thermal runaway. It's basically an internal short. This cell gets super hot and gas is ejected and potentially a fire involves. But it's like one cell. Mm-hmm. And then this this heat is kind of transferred to the next cell. And so this takes a little bit of time. And then it, it actually turns into a chain reaction where after one after the other, the cells are kind of going into this reaction. So this is actually the reason why, why it takes a longer time to put the fire out because we're looking at a chain reaction. It's not an instantaneous fire like with a combustion engine car. It's Mm -hmm. more like it takes time. So, you know, the best thing that you can do if you can, you just leave the car alone and let it burn down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there is other things to do, like putting. So so I've I've worked a little bit with the Las Vegas Convention Center and educating them because they have more and more events where they have electric cars inside. And, you know, to to minimize the the fire risk, what what can you do then? There are like blankets, fire blankets that you can put on top of a car to kind of um, navigate through that. So, yeah. 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 No, I appreciate that. That that's 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 really educational. Well, I I would love um you know to 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 ask a question because I I think that you're probably one of the most qualified individuals you know to to answer this question or maybe to educate us um, a little bit you know uh, on kind of an individual level. So as as a consumer, um you know in the market for for an EV, I'm I'm considering going electric myself, and um I'm having a difficult time. There's so many options right now. There's you know within you know nearly every manufacturer. Um, has an EV option now and many new ones kind of coming online and 
we hear a lot about range and about advancements in battery technologies. And so, you know, for me, I'm trying to understand, okay, so right now, June 2023, is it a good time to go ahead and go electric? Should I hold off for another, you know, six months for some sort of, of big development. So, you know, all of that being said, uh, as an individual, as a consumer that's uh, considering going electric, I'd love to to get your thoughts on that and, and ask you, are we there yet? Is it, is it a good time uh, to, to go electric or should I, I hold out for some sort of big development? Yes, do you wanna wait for the next breakthrough? in battery technology? Well, I, I'd, I'd be curious, you know, uh, what and, and when that, that next breakthrough yeah. might, might happen. Yes, you know, I, I get that question a lot and it's understandable. Um, for some people, EVs seem to be a very, very new thing. For others, they've been out there for a long time. So going back a couple of years, we talked about, okay, there was mainly Tesla, right? And now it's yeah. great to see that all the legacy automakers are Either, either forced to or willingly catching up on getting some electric cars out there. So we have a lot of options. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and very often then online, I see comments, oh, no, I want to hold off because I will wait until we have solid state batteries because then life is so much better, range is so much better, and it's much safer and so on. So sometimes I see people waiting for this next breakthrough. But, you know, in my opinion, being so much involved in industry, being involved in, I'm looking at battery technology and battery science and really all that almost every day. And maybe I have to disappoint a couple of people. There will not be a breakthrough within the next couple of years where all of a sudden we will have so much more range or anything like this. So I think it's really, really the right time to go electric, even in the U.S. Because, you know, I have a very international picture. I I still also do a lot of um, not only consulting, but spend a lot of my private time in Europe. Sometimes they are a little bit further already with the EV adoption there, especially in Scandinavia, hmm. which some people think it's sometimes surprising because it's getting very cold there, right? There's lots yeah. of snow, but actually, um, I think... Uh, Sweden, Finland, they hit like the 70% mark of EV adoption this year. So we are really getting there. And to the point, if you as an individual are ready for going electric, I think you just have to try it because mm -hmm. this is what I did. You know, when I moved to the Midwest, in the very beginning, we had a combustion engine car because like that was a couple of years ago. And then there was not many options. And, and we just thought, okay, let's start with ICE. But then we gradually shifted. So the first car that I got was the Ford Mustang Mach-E. I started using it as a daily driver. I, I started understanding how to charge it at home. Then we did first road trips. We, we just, you know, started doing it and understanding what it means. And after a half a year, we were quite confident that this is, this is for us. Even the road trips that we do here in the Midwest. So I live in Milwaukee and we go a lot to, to Michigan, to Detroit. These are like eight hour rides. Um, so really a longer road trips and it really works for us. You know, the charging infrastructure could be better in some areas, but it's not to the point that you cannot do it. So for us, after half a year trying it, we're like, okay, yeah, it's good for us. It works. We don't need the ice car. We sold it. Now we have the F-150 Lightning truck, which I recently also shared um, a one-year review yeah. for people that are interested. So I really went into all the details. How are we charging? How are we doing the road trips? How are we planning this? Where do you find a charger? 
um, how does the solar work here in the Midwest? So I think I would, I would just encourage people to look into it, see if it yeah. works for you in the area where you live for your lifestyle. And I think a lot of people would be surprised that it actually works for them. Yeah. That's great to hear. Just, just try it. I, I, I love that. I love that attitude. And so I think you've convinced me just to, just to give it a shot. And that's, that's really encouraging too, to hear that, um, you know, the, the, the range levels are where that we need them to be, that you've had some really good experiences on road trips and feel like, you know, the, the infrastructure is set up, you know, pretty well to just allow us to do, you know, what, what we want to do. And, of course, always room for improvements and more infrastructure to, to support that. But great to hear that, uh, you know, even now today uh, that, that there is uh, that, that necessary infrastructure to allow you to, to do what you want to do. And that, that's really, I think, important to note, too. And I appreciate you sharing that there, there's not going to be just some huge development or huge breakthrough six months or a year from now that we've really kind of refined the technology to where it, it needs to be now so that uh, individuals like yourself can can get out and, and enjoy the benefits of, of going electric um, you know, even today. So that's, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Do, do you find that as an EV um, owner um, that, that there's kind of a community of, of other EV owners? I, I know there's certainly a lightning community, um, you know, uh, within kind of that overall community, but uh, would love, you know, any insights or experiences in terms of kind of, uh, you know, the EV community that you've seen since becoming an EV owner yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like one year ago here in the Midwest, I didn't see a lot of electric cars. It was such a rare occasion that you would actually see one, right? But mm -hmm. I have to say, we now see more and more here in the Midwest. And anytime we see an electric car, we are waving to each other. You will not <laughs> believe it, but people get so excited, like especially when we see another F-150 Lightning truck or, or a Mach-E, like everybody is waving to us and we're waving and everybody is getting excited. And yeah. another thing about the community and this is something that I want to recommend to individuals that might think about going electric too. go to a charging station mm -hmm. and talk to, to the people that come there. Cause this is another thing, you know, you spend a little bit of time at a charging station, maybe 10, 20 minutes. Um, you know, some people go eat something, but some people also stay in the car and it's just so much fun because there is new cars coming in. You see all the different cars. You talk to people. How do you like your EV? And you share your experience. So, so this yeah. is just great. Yes, there is definitely a community and it's, it's fun to be part of it. That's really cool. Well, so going EV, it's not just kind of the right thing to do. It's a good thing for the in, environment, um, but uh, it, it also sounds like a lot of fun. So um, I'm, I'm in. That sounds really cool. Um, and there doesn't seem to be like really any kind of specific demographic, right? There's certainly communities within the EV community, but you can't just kind of like encapsulate or stereotype it into to, you know, one type of person. I mean, one, one thing that I've noticed is that just it, it's all, you know, different types of people, different types of, of, of use cases. Um, you know, I even think of being here in, in, in Dallas, Texas. You know, one might think that, you know, here in the South, I mean, we certainly love our trucks and there's probably some stereotypes, you know, of kind of Texans and that sort of thing. But but gosh, we, we love EVs uh, here in Texas and um, a good friend of mine who's, um, you know, very 
Texan and um, wears a cowboy hat, you know, about uh, every other day and and cowboy boots and has always owned trucks. Um, But uh, this good friend of mine has gone electric and is a Tesla owner now and uh, seems to absolutely love it and is saving money because he has a a pretty significant uh, commute. And so um, he's really enjoyed just the cost savings of it. And, um, you know, switching from a truck to a Tesla has a lot of fun. And uh, I've taken a few rides with him and and it is a lot of fun. So all that being said, it doesn't seem like EV is, is, a, is a certain demographic. It seems like really there's application for all different types of people and all different types of use cases. Absolutely. And like I said, when you go to those charging stations, I mean, obviously not if you just go to a Tesla one, because then you will only see Tesla people. But if you go to Electrify America or something like this, where we are charging right now, you see all sorts of different people. You see older couples, you see younger women, you see families, you see everything. And I think people do it also for different reasons. You know, some of them are really... Um, believing very much into the environmental aspect and they're doing it for that reason. Some of them are doing it for the acceleration and for the fun. So it's, it's very, very different. Also the trucks, I think, you know, in the Midwest, there is also lots of trucks yeah. and we have a couple brands offering electric trucks, right? We have Ford, um, they electrified the F-150, the F-150, which mm-hmm. is like the number one sold car for the past 40 years. So that was a huge, huge thing. Then we have the Rivian, which their, their brand is kind of, they want to address those maybe hipster outdoorsy people that, mm-hmm. that want to camp and stuff. Then we have the Tesla Cybertruck again, completely different, um, brand and attracting a very, very different people. Yeah. So it's just exciting to see that happening. It is. It is. So it's, it's incredible. It is. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I really, really love that. So there, there's really a, an EV model, you know, for, for everyone out there and, and even more so I know over the next couple of months with the Cybertruck, as you mentioned, and yeah. others, so that's really, really I, cool. I, I just think one thing that I would like to see is a real family car. I would like to see now a brand offering like a big family car where you can fit a lot of kids. Yes. <laughs> I think this is yes. missing right now in the EV space. Definitely. I agree 100%. I'd, I'd love to see that too. Um, that's Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll we're going to make it happen. The industry seems like they really are just just, just developing some, something for everyone. So, um, yeah, that's that's very true. So, well, you you know, as, as I shared, Veronica, you, um, you're involved in, in, in so much. I think as you've shared um, with the audience uh, here today, um, I, I really love the consulting practice and, and and I've had the opportunity to um, hear, you know, some stories of some organizations uh, that have worked with you and you really just offer some incredible, you know, benefits. And so uh, I'm just a big fan of your consulting practice and really, um, you know, recommend any organizations, audience members out there that are really looking to get more into the EV space, that are looking to get more into battery technologies, definitely to reach out uh, to Veronica because she'll be a tremendous asset and really kind of helping you transition and kind of expand, you know, in some of those other places. So I appreciate you talking a little bit about the consulting practice. And, and I, I love all of the content that you produce. You're such a, a thought leader within the industry. And so I definitely want to also encourage everyone to 
check out your website, check out your YouTube channel, check out your book, read that Drive to Electric. Uh, it's it's incredible. And so I know all that being said, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of organizations um, that are going to be really, really excited uh, to partner with you and your organization. And many audience members now are probably checking out some of this these YouTube videos, you know, as we speak, um, you know, with the interview even going on. But for individuals out there that aren't yet familiar, you know, with your organization, haven't seen any of your videos, would you mind maybe first directing the audience to your website where they can learn more? Absolutely. Yeah. So the website is electrifiedveronica.com. Veronica with a K, very important. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know, from, from there, you can get uh, pretty much everywhere. But the others, so the, the main social media platforms that I'm active on would be YouTube. It's again, Electrified Veronica. I also do TikTok and Instagram where it's EV Veronica. But you know, as soon as you start Googling Electrified Veronica, you will get to the sources. And yeah, the book that you mentioned, it's uh, it's on Amazon. I self-published it. So, yeah. Very good. Very good. And I understand, too, um, as if that's not enough, you also, um, as demonstrated today, you are an incredible public speaker and communicator. And I understand, too, that you're also, you know, very open to kind of initiating change and awareness in the industry and open to speaking at conferences and, and events, as I understand, as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I... I don't know if it's the fact that I have lots of teachers in my family, but I really enjoy yeah. talking yeah. and educating. So I'm, I'm trying to, to use every chance, be it, you know, in, in a technical conference or in a more public event, just, you know, sharing the projects that we're working on or also working with organizations like, you know, uh, the, the last one that I did was Texas Instruments to to kind of talk about their product launch that they that they had at CES where they had launched a new battery management system. Um, it's it's a lot of fun for me because you know I have this technical background, the industry understanding, and then I enjoy just sharing these new technologies with with different companies. You know, be it, be it startups, be it more established companies, and getting this thought leadership and the real facts again out there yes well you, you've done that today you've you've really separated um you know facts from fiction uh, and i really appreciate you doing that you've educated me um along the way too you've convinced me that that i need to go electric and and i need to just go ahead and do it now and just give it a try as as you shared and this idea of kind of connecting to that community and chatting around charging stations and things like that you know really appeals to me so i think that's really cool so you know mission accomplished on on that as well and and it is you you you're incredible and it's such a skill i think for an individual that has a phd in technical physics to um you know to not only have that level of understanding and technical knowledge but also to be able to convey things and to educate um you know to someone like me that certainly doesn't have a PhD in technical physics. So that is definitely a skill that you have. And I know one that you bring to any speaking engagement, you know, that you have. So um, I know there'll be a lot of organizations interested in exploring that as well. So um, again, really just appreciate you taking the time to stop by uh, today, Veronica, and to chat within the Are We There Yet series. Um, so thank you so much uh, for, for doing that. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I enjoyed it a lot. Yes. Well, good. Well, good to hear. Well, I'll be watching uh, your projects closely as, as I know the audience members will. So best of luck to you, your organization, and I look forward to talking more soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks.